0: Nicola
1: Everett. Hello, it's Tuesday, October the 11th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Now, if you live in or anywhere near Sittingbourne, chances are you've been affected by roadworks in the area recently. As we've told you several times on the podcast before, a major revamp of the Stockbury Roundabout is taking place. Now, it's led to regular lane closures on the A249, but also means slip roads on and off the M2 on the coastbound stretch are currently shut. Well, one boss has now told the Kent Online podcast that it's costing him hundreds of pounds a day. David Warren's firm is based on the Eurolink Business Park, and he says his staff are regularly stuck in traffic, because other roadworks are also taking place. He's been speaking to our reporter, Megan Carr.
2: We're working in people's homes every day. They're expecting us on site, normally between eight and nine o'clock in the morning. They've got commitments, school runs, they need to let us in the property and then they need to get off to work themselves. And the effect of the the roadworks is just extremely detrimental to everybody. It's not just us as a business and the money it's costing us, it's the disruption to our clients and the tenants we're working for. Um, because they've got lives to lead as well and work to get to and, and predominantly children to get to school.
1: So how much money are you guys kind of losing? What work are you losing? Well,
2: if I um, if I worked out on average that, that each vehicle um, is sitting in traffic for an hour a day, trying to get out of town or get between jobs, um, we're probably losing three to four hundred pounds a day and then that's in you know downtime lost labor i can't expect the guys to to leave much earlier than they already do or or work longer because we're all working hard to try and keep things going in the right direction this is just another hurdle that we've got to we've got to overcome
1: are your clients understanding or
2: by and large but it's frustrating for tenants especially and homeowners because if we say we're going to be there in an hour's time slot we're, we're a lot of times on the phone saying i'm sorry we're running late we're going to be half an hour late and then we're ringing them in half an hour saying we're still stuck in traffic uh, and it's it, it, it's a legitimate excuse but it's not um, it's not one that doesn't come without it's, its problems frustration and as i say the effect on their day as well if they need to Get to where they need to be, and we're constantly letting people down because of that. It's the decision makers that have, have made these decisions to have all these extra roadworks and these road closures at a time where we're faced with with months of road closures with, with the Stockley roadworks. Which, as I said before, I totally understand the benefit to the town. I, I totally get that, but you can't have all the other non-essential roadworks going on at the same time. It is it's hurting local business. Uh, dramatically
1: well, David wants all non-essential works to be cancelled until the M2 slip roads at Junction 5 reopen, something that won't happen until January. We've also been asking what you think in a poll within the story on Kent Online today. At the time of recording today's podcast, 85% of you agreed with him and said, yes, the roadworks are causing too much chaos. we well, have still got time to have a say by voting or leaving a comment within the story. We have contacted Kent County Council and Medway Council for a comment, but haven't heard back from them just yet. National Highways, meantime, say they aim to keep disruption to a minimum. Adding, we appreciate that these roadworks may cause delays and disruption and are grateful for people's patience while we deliver this important upgrade at Junction 5 on the M2.
0: Kent Online News.
1: Some other top stories for you today. And the owners of a Margate restaurant that was destroyed in an arson attack say they're heartbroken. A blaze broke out at GB Pizza Co. in Marine Drive over the weekend. 48-year-old Andrew Miller from Eaton Road in the town has been charged. A cyclist who died in a crash involving a van in Thanet has been described as a fantastic man who had the capacity to make people smile, laugh and joke. Alan Crawford was killed in the collision on Grinsall Hill in Minster last Thursday. An investigation into the crash is still ongoing and police want to hear from anyone who might have dashcam footage. Next today, and figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show there were more than 38,000 reports of domestic abuse in Kent last year. Staggering number, where three quarters of the victims were women or girls. And even more surprisingly, only 4% of all cases resulted in a charge. Well, Lucy has been speaking to Deborah Cartwright, who's from the
3: charity Oasis, which is based in Margate. Our staff teams are always and consistently working above their capacity with the volume of work that we have calls to our helpline have consistently gone up during this time and they provide an awful lot of essential first point of contact support to people and often what they're doing is they're helping the capacity in the practice teams as well because sometimes they can resolve issues that don't have to go through to the practice teams. I think that they're um, You know, there's a real resourcing issue generally in the public and social sectors that is unacceptable in a society such as ours. It's really tough. It's tough on ourselves. It's tough on the police, on health um, and trying to make this issue everybody's business is really difficult in tough economic times.
1: And looking at these figures that we've got today, um, it shows that a quarter of of the victims are male. Do you think that that is something that's often overlooked?
3: Well, certainly not from Oasis's point of view. We have included male victims in our work for 15 years. We probably had one of the first mawed for services in the county. Um, We have had a fully inclusive policy of working with all victims Um, irrespective of their gender identity or their sex. So um, I think that the problem with the police data, and this is a disservice that's done to male victims by perpetrators of abuse, male perpetrators of abuse usually and often will identify themselves as victims. So one of the things that we know happens is that male perpetrators of abuse will often report to the police so, for example, um, they're being abusive and they're, an abu- they're behaving abusively in their relationship, but if something happens and the other person, the non-abusing person, hits back or sometimes doesn't even do anything, um, they may make reports to the police to make themselves look like the victim. And that's problematic in that data because it makes it very hard to... You know, male victims are done a disservice by male perpetrators of abuse because the police data is skewed by that. You know, we've had incidents where we've had women come into refuge. One woman in particular came into refuge and the perpetrator of her abuse was male. And he used to hit his own head off walls um, and scream and shout so that the neighbours thought that he was being hurt. And then he would phone the police and show them his bruises. And that's not uncommon. Um, so that police data can be difficult in that sense. We, we can't get a true sense of male victimisation, but our doors are open to any male victim. Things can be done better. You know, the police are have looked at themselves. They do look for innovative ways to do things. Um, they do show a willingness to learn and get better, but they are under-resourced you know the public sector generally in this society is is has been continuously under-resourced for several years now so it's really difficult for them to have that time and space like it is for us in a charity to have that time and space to really really go deeply into each case that comes through Um, So there is multiple factors and the primary one is a system that is massively under-resourced. But also, like I said, you know, people don't always want to pursue a prosecution. At the moment that you feel massively at risk, you may call the police as part of your safety planning. Um, But it does not mean that you necessarily are in a place where you want to pursue a criminal prosecution. And we have to remember that that working with statutory police services and such like is not an easy process. Working with the criminal justice service generally is not an easy process for someone to navigate. Um, And again, you know, under resourcing um, creates problems there. We had specialist domestic violence courts. Um, The Oasis was a provider of the um, advocates for those courts. Um, And that provision has trailed off. Now,
1: if you're in need of support, you can contact Oasis on their helpline. That number is 0800 917 9948. That's 0800 917 9948. Or you can visit their website, oasisdaservice.org. That's oasisdaservice.org.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone.
1: Figures out today show a slight increase in unemployment in Kent. Around 37,300 people were claiming out-of-work benefits last month. That's up by 315 compared to in August. Nationally, the UK's unemployment rate has fallen to its lowest level since 1974. But experts say job vacancies remain high, adding to inflation pressures. Well, our business editor, Chris Britchard, joins me now. So, Chris... Can we tell much from the figures for Kent then?
4: Hi Nick. Well, I think we need to be cautious about reading too much into the fact they're going up. The rise is very slight in terms of the total unemployed. Plus, the county's overall unemployment rate of 3.3% for September is still below the national average for the three months up to August, which stands at around 3.5%.
1: And this national figure about unemployment falling but job vacancies being so high, it all sounds rather confusing. Why is that the case?
4: The key issues, as with so many things, are Brexit and Covid. Our departure from the EU, coinciding with the lockdowns, saw huge numbers of foreign workers retreating from the UK and that took a huge number out of our workforce. In addition, many people, particularly those aged between 50 and retirement age, re-evaluated their lives during the lockdown and opted to come out of the workforce altogether. Often these are people who have paid off their mortgages and had sufficient savings or early access to pension pots to afford to do so. All of which has seen large numbers of vacancies. So big, in fact, it is now bigger than the number of unemployed. It is a very strange situation, but one if the economy continues to tighten, we may see eventually balance out over the coming months, if businesses are forced to constrict.
1: We've also heard today the number of people out of work due to long-term sickness has risen to a record high. Is the pandemic to blame for that?
4: Well, economists suggest there are two reasons. One is indeed COVID, and in particular, the number of so-called long COVID cases. This summer, it was reported some 2 million people were suffering from the condition, and that obviously is likely to lead to long term absence from work. In addition, it has been claimed the long waiting lists for treatment on the NHS, a situation which has been especially pronounced since the start of the pandemic, of course, is playing a part. Obviously, if people can't get the treatment they need, then they will be potentially incapacitated before the treatment they need can be delivered. But I think we can't overlook the fact long term sicknesses were having an impact and on the rise before the pandemic. And this will be a result of various factors, including mental stress, pressure at work or home. It is a snowball effect, which is now having a very real impact on the economy.
1: And finally, real term total pay has fallen. Can you explain that one for us?
4: I can indeed. So across the board nationally, wages, excluding bonuses, have risen 5.4%, which in any other year we'd all be very happy about. The problem is these wage increases have been forced upon many employers because of the soaring cost of inflation. That's the gauge which tells us how much goods and services increase year on year. Now, inflation is currently just a smidge below 10%. So while we have more money on our wage slips, Everything costs more. So, sadly, we're actually in a worse financial position.
1: Chris, thank you ever so much. And you can see a breakdown of the figures for where you live in Kent by heading to the business pages of Kent Online. An empty shopping centre in Medway has been put up for sale just weeks after permission was given to build new homes on the site. The Trafalgar Centre in Chatham was bought for more than £2.5 million in 2020 and the nearby car park on Road Street is also set to be demolished. Bids for the site have got to be in by early next month. A plan to turn an historic pub in Swanscombe into a Domino's pizza has been withdrawn. The Jordan Dragon at the junction of London Road and the High Street shut its doors in 2019 when a former landlord retired. An initial bid by the pizza chain to take it over was turned down the following year. Despite a second application being put in, the plans have now been scrapped. It's the second day of a two day strike by some bus drivers in Kent. Hundreds of Arriva drivers based at depots in Gillingham, Gravesend, Maidstone, and Tunbridge Wells have walked out in a dispute over pay.
0: Kent Online reports.
1: It's still not known what caused a large fire at one of Kent's oldest pubs. This was our lead story on the podcast yesterday. Well, roads near the Dirty Habit in Hollingbourne near Maidstone remained closed this morning after the blaze broke out on Sunday night. Nearby homes had to be evacuated, but thankfully no one was hurt. Experts had to be brought in yesterday afternoon to make the area safe and people living in the village itself are shocked. Gabriel Morris from our colleagues at KMTV has been to Hollingbourne and spoken to Susan and Hugh, who both live there.
5: We're devastated. It's dreadful. I mean, we've got bookings for Christmas and, you know, meet friends there all the time. Um, Great mess. We were there on Monday night. You know, it just doesn't seem possible.
0: And what was the pub like?
5: Uh, Just a very traditional pub.
0: I mean
4: I guess last night you pretty heard the fire engines coming up, You smelt it, what was that like?
5: We didn't, we didn't hear anything. We got a message last night from some friends but we hadn't picked the messages up so we didn't realise till this morning what had happened.
4: I guess you've been to the pub many times before,
5: what was it like? Very much a traditional uh, village pub really. Uh, it's been through several ownerships but uh, the last one really made a great success of it. It was very very popular.
1: Why was it a great success?
5: Uh, I think yeah, the um, general ambience and it was a great pub where you could get very good food uh, and it was still a traditional pub rather than a gastro pub and a restaurant rather than a pub so it had both sides of uh, that sort of uh, industry.
4: Um. And I guess it was one of the oldest pubs in Kent,
5: and uh, great. Yes, I don't know about the oldest pub in Kent, but uh, it's certainly one of the oldest. Uh, and it's the old original part of the village, which has been here f- for centuries.
0: And what's your reaction to, to it this morning? Now the well, uh,
5: a bit devastated, because we're going to have to find somewhere else uh, <laughs> in the short term, certainly. But uh, hopefully the damage is not too much. and. Uh, It'll be back operating very soon.
1: People living near a Kent hotel, popular with celebs, have opposed its bid for a new premises licence, saying music is keeping them awake at night. The Cave is a four-star venue and golf resort off the A2 near Faversham. At Kent Online, you can see pics of some of the stars who visited, including former Little Mix singer Jesse and Jack Fincham from Love Island. Well, there were 52 responses to the Cave's licensing bid, with just one in support of the application. It was considered by councillors yesterday and granted. However, there will be a limit on when fireworks can be let off from the site. There won't be any live music after 10pm and recorded music after that time will be kept at a lower volume. The venue has offered to have regular meetings with residents to discuss any persistent issues. A dental practice in Folkestone has written to patients telling them it can no longer provide NHS treatment because of a shortage of staff. Booper Dental Care says the decision is a result of a national crisis – which has seen 2,000 dentists leave the profession in the past year. The site on Shawcliffe Road says it's doing everything it can to recruit practitioners. Kent Online reports. The only pub in Longfield is set to undergo a pricey refurb. Almost £200,000 is going to be spent on the railway tavern on Station Road. We're told it'll start to serve food when it reopens in time for the Football World Cup in November. Eight jobs are also going to be created. An area of Margate has been named today as one of the coolest neighbourhoods in the world to visit. Cliftonville is eighth on Time Out's 2022 travel list, beating destinations in Barcelona, Chicago and Naples. It's been praised for its cafes, bars and the tunnels of the Shell Grotto. And finally today, a little boy from Kent who was so badly abused by his birth parents that he had to have both of his legs amputated has been chatting to Prince Harry. Tony Hudgel raised more than a million pounds for the hospital that saved his life and also campaigned for tougher sentences for those convicted of child cruelty. All that, and he's only eight years old. Well, Tony, who lives in Kingshill with his adoptive parents, has just won a 2022 Well Child Award and had a video chat with the Duke of Sussex. Hello,
4: hi. (laughs) Is that? (laughs) Don't look at me. Hi
0: guys. Hi Tony. Mm -hmm. I'll be looking at your mum. Hi, there it is. (laughs) Hi, you seem like a bit of a super superhero.
5: A bit.
0: <laughs> Where's your cape? Surely you have a cape, or are you in disguise? I do have a cape in my room. Okay, good. Right. so you're, you're, in, you're
5: actually
4: you're in disguise at the moment, yeah.
5: I don't wear it
0: a lot. Only on weekends.
1: Huge congratulations to Tony, and you can see that video by heading to the story at Kent Online.
0: Kent Online Sports.
1: Football and it's EFL Trophy action for Gillingham tonight. They welcome Colchester United to Priestfield after beating Brighton and Hove Albion's under-21s in the competition last time out. Our sports reporter Luke Cordell caught up with manager Neil Harris following their league game at the weekend and asked him about tonight's match.
2: Thoughts on Tuesday? Um, you got a lot out of last Tuesday,
0: didn't you?
4: We got, we got a lot out of it um, this, this week, look. Opportunity for people to get minutes again. Um, Bailey Eakhurst has played in the 18s today, so he might come back into the thinking. Just Chambers you know, didn't get on the pitch today. Dom Jeffries got on, but Hadrian a you know, a big blow that he can't play minutes in that because he's yeah. desperate to be involved again, and we need to get him some minutes. Um, but obviously, he's, he's cut high for the fixture. Dave Zutun on on an operation tomorrow. He's, he's, I mentioned the other yeah. day. Um, so operation on Monday. So we we'll see how, how that develops. Um, we're not expecting bad news from it. Um, weeks rather than months is, is the likely scenario. Um, but op- opportunity for players to play. Yeah, definitely. You know, got to manage minutes and and. There's not going to be anybody not here today, I don't think, that that comes into the reckoning for Tuesday um, as we stand.
1: Kick-off is at 7.45. We'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, tomorrow morning. Plus, you'll be able to hear reaction in tomorrow's podcast. And it's not known yet if Kent's Alessia Russo will feature for England tonight in their game against the Czech Republic. She was ruled out of the weekend's win over world number one's the USA due to injury. Kick-off at Brighton Stadium is at eight. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe